Buenas and half a day, everyone. This is part two of episode one of the podcast. We are picking up directly where we left off in episode one. And we hope that you enjoy the rest of the episode. And tune in next week for episode two. Thank you very much. I mean, that, that's pretty, that's like super impressive, especially for your size compared yeah, to them. Right. Right, so, you know, that's over double my body weight. So it was, so yeah, it was cool. How Jay? How how do you think your fitness through your training over at Steel? How did that play into your performance over at the Strongman? Right, because I mean, definitely when you're looking at Strongman, of course, it's a mixture of both strength. I mean, I would figure that it's more strength than anything, but there is endurance, right? Because there's right. certain times where it's like, for example, yeah, if you're getting up. If you're getting up to the 22s, I think Elton had like 40 some reps on that yeah, thing. Yeah. Jesus Jeez. Christ, just yeah. a fucking monster, right? But yeah. you know, at a certain time, it's like okay, if if the proa weighed a thousand pounds, then JJ might get one, and Elton's out there busting out 20 reps, right? And then then I guess you wouldn't need as much of the cardiovascular aspect, right? But how yeah, how would you say? Because we know you for endurance, but you, you 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 can go on forever. Right. So how do you think that it played in for this competition for you? Well, I think that a lot of the movements and if like the workouts themselves were anywhere from one to two minutes. I mean, like the the pro deadlift was like a two minute AMRAP basically. Mm. So in my head, I was lifting 90 percent over and over again. So like the training we do in the gym, we always work with percentages. It's never really all right, we're going to deadlift 405 for X amount of reps and X amount of time. It wouldn't work that way. I'd work on my percentages. So I know I'm able to lift my 90% probably more than those guys. That doesn't mean that I'm lifting more weight than them. I'm saying that if you put my 90% versus Big Tones or Elton's, I probably could lift my 90% more times than they can. You know, yeah. or and that doesn't mean anything other than I train my body for this, not for maximal load. Right. I'm not saying endurance is king or strength is king. There is no king. It's just I'm training for fitness, the mm-hmm. overall spectrum where it's speed, strength, power, endurance. I have to train for all of those things for my given sport. That doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. I'm never going to be the best athlete out there. I am training for my sport. My sport is MMA. I'm not saying MMA is the best sport, nor does it produce the best athlete, the best athletes out there. But going into this competition with the training that I did, I didn't really consider myself at that much of a disadvantage. Yeah, having 50 to 100 pounds more on my body may have helped, but... At the same time, it wouldn't be conducive to my sport, which is what I'm training for. Right. And that's what makes me wonder too, right, is that, so say, you know, and I, I've i never measured this and I, I haven't read and seen or actually I've never even checked on any studies that, that did measure this, but if you threw 50 pounds onto your frame right now and put you up at 230 pounds, I wonder how much strength that would really transfer over, right? Because <laughs> I mean, is that pure muscle or is that just average weight? You know, like if you take my average right now, you know, if I'm walking around at 10% body fat, you know, am I, is it going to be equally proportioned? Right. You know, am I still going to be at 10% body fat 
but at two thirty. That's yeah. That's then that's muscle, right? That, so then that, that is a that's diff- a different. That's a different person altogether. Yeah. And I think that <laughs> you're gonna take away what makes me me. Yeah. You know, my frame is really uh, honestly through since high school, between one eighty and one ninety is been you know that's been my going weight. Whether I'm in shape or you oh. know, I'm, I'm I'm really lean. You know, I'm mm-hmm. always around. I'm always hovering without. Without doing anything special on the diet or the training, it's always between 180 and 190. So I think this is my natural body weight. Now, if I was to compete in a strongman and put on the 50, 30 to 50 pounds that Ryan's talking about, I think I my athleticism changes completely. Right. Yeah. And that, that was what was interesting to me, right, when you're talking about the, each event being about two minutes, is that I wonder how the other competitors were, were thinking about this. Like... I mean, for us, we, we kind of just, you know, you guys kind of, you and me are just went in and just yeah. said, yeah, we're going to join this competition and do support for, for our islands com- competitions. But I'm, I'm, I would naturally think that the other competitors that are actual strongmen's or, or power lifters that they would kind of say, uh, have a strategy to it. Just like how you would have a strategy in your for, MMA yeah. and how Miara has a strategy in her paddling and her, you know, her lifting as well. But it's like, I wonder what they were thinking as far as, hey, okay, so these are two minutes. Do I need to do a little bit of cardio or do I, do I, need, to, do I need to scale my items where I do only 75 or 65% and I do it for two minutes straight in order to get my body acclimated to having this type of load for this duration of time? I mean, even with like bodybuilding style people, right? So when they do, even like for posing and bodybuilding, we get them to hold their poses for a certain period of time so their body gets used to holding that. So when they're on stage, you know, it's not apparent when they're holding a pose for too long and they start sweating, you know, it, you, it's noticeable, right? So there's, that's how we would make adjustments on their posing side. So I wonder how the other people took that into effect because, you know, watching, you know, I only got there to watch the, the what is it, the, the pro-a-drag? Where, yeah, the pro-a-drag. Where yeah. you guys had to basically bring it in i wonder how, how many feet was that or how many meters was that do you I'm know sure yeah, yeah. And, and it's really hard to measure too because they had the two guys on the boat that were actively trying to stop the boat they had a paddle in the water oh. that was adding resistance yeah so i mean there was no way to measure what we're actually pulling yeah you know for me it was just it was a grip burner that's about it yeah. but these are the kinds of things that I don't think that those guys necessarily train for. When you think of powerlifting, you think about maximal load. You don't necessarily think about accessory work because that would be an accessory, like a sled pull, you know, with like five, six plates on it, uh, you know, which is something that I do every once in a while. You know, like I will throw that in there uh, for the workouts, the sled pushes, the sled pulls, but I, I can't see powerlifters doing that so often so i don't know that they were necessarily any more prepared than i was another one to implement was like the keg toss yeah i don't think that anybody can really prepare for that unless you You are your own keg yeah unless you have your own keg and you're tossing around the yard to see how it goes you know like i was getting better as i i had three attempts and i got better every single time i mean I, I wish I had a keg at the gym to practice with because that would have uh, changed things a little bit for me. Right. But as it were, you know, I feel like I was as prepped as anybody can be having never touched the implement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. And, it, and even this event in, in and of itself was different to me because it's not powerlifting purely, right? Because of the different 
apparatuses that you would have to use, the different attachments, the different types of movements, right? right. Like, I mean, I've never, I mean, I know that they do pools and stuff like normally with cars, but I think it was, I think it was really cool and unique and, yes. and Guam style when we had, yes. to, when you guys had to pull the proa from the water and that was really right. cool to me. But yeah, like how, how do you prepare for stuff like that? Because it's not like you're just climbing a rope, you know, vertically, yeah, right? right? But you're not doing a row because you're, you're, you're also standing, right? So there's a lot of, your legs have to have stability. You have to be, you have to know how to breathe for that certain period of lifting with that weight or pulling that weight. And it's just, yeah, it was very interesting, but, um, yeah, you can't, I guess nobody can really prepare for those things unless they have all of those the items. Right. Yeah. yeah. It normally, like when you think about like the strong men competitions, there are some specific tools that they would use to prepare, you know, like with the log or yeah. like the single dumbbell that weighs like two, two fifty. Yeah. The yokes, yeah. all those things, all the strong man implements. However, because this was Guam style, you know, they, the, the, the actual competition was, I think, unique. So, I, I mean, kudos to GSPN for being able to program these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it was very cool and, you know, it stood out. It's not something that you'd, you would catch on ESPN, yeah, the movements, yeah, right? I should be on ESPN, though. Start having them pull some different ethnic cultural items right instead of just putting the ball on i mean i okay i I know i know that that you you bring up an interesting point because every culture has their their test right you know and it wouldn't necessarily just be strong stuff it would be like warrior athleticism you know like different african tribes have different kinds of wrestling and and scotland is the highland games right exactly exactly it's you know they'll throw they have like this log that's like 20 feet tall oh my and they, they toss that and believe it or not they could toss it they toss it by grabbing the the bottom and they run it across the field and they send it yep. you know and they, the the guinea stones is that what they're called where i think so the, there's a guinea stone i want to say it's like a thousand pounds or is it yeah. that special like Icelandic stone that everybody flies yeah, to to try to lift or something? Yeah, and there's a ring around it. Like they're holding it by a ring. Mm. There's no real way to grab it properly. Right. So it's a dumb test of grip strength. Yeah. You know, so like every every culture has that. So for GSPN to throw in the pro of pull and the pro of deadlift, I thought that was yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, obviously tires generic, pulling the trucks generic, but throwing that little twist in there, mm-hmm. I think that was sick. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was brilliant. Actually. Yeah, that yeah, was, that was really great. cool to see. Now, I think our own idea. What I think would be really cool is next year they do a Lottie Stone lift instead, Ooh. like or they're instead, you know, like we have that tombstone, yeah. the Paradise Tombstone. Uh-huh. Man, use a Lottie Stone. Right. Like just just fabricate one, you know, concrete uh-huh. something and just you Or know. dude, just who can build the laddie house as fast, you know, or it's just you need eight laddie stones, you gotta put them all up in a house structure and Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be sick, huh? Yeah, that would be cool, like more like culturally like yeah. Your, yeah. yeah, I mean, but you know, like the way we measure things is completely different when you go culture to culture, yeah. but also gym to gym. I mean, you walk into uh, a powerlifting gym, it's, hey, how much can you deadlift? What's your total? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a big thing. What's your total? You go to an Olympic lifting gym and it's completely different. The, right. Their total is like clean and jerk, uh, front squats, overhead squat, snatch, yeah. you know, like they, they total that way. Mm-hmm. You walk into steel athletics and be like, oh, that's cute that you can deadlift 500. How many muscle ups can you do? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Or better, if you're stronger than me, how well do you do on the mat with me? 
Right. You know, there's there's different tests of strength. Mm -hmm. Go to Japan, sumo wrestlers. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just, it, that's what I love loved about this competition. It was there. It was Guam's unique twist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um. So your next competition is Copa de Marianas. That's right. Are you doing? How are you preparing? For I'm actually preparing for this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got plenty of guys to roll with at the gym. My strength conditioning is always geared towards whatever competition is next. Right. Minus the strongman competition. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm running, I'm doing sprints, I'm doing all the grippy stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, that That's the kind of way that I train year-round. As the competition gets closer, I dial back on the heavy lifts. I already built up the heavy, that heavy base that I needed. Now it's just getting a little bit sharper, a little bit more explosive. Mm. You know. So like, since you uh, you're gonna enter Copa, and like, do you expect that any of your opponents? Because like everybody knows what you're gonna do. You know, you have. You know, people can call you one trick pony. The, the scouting report is out there. It is, it out, is there. out there. There is no reason why people shouldn't know that I'm going to double leg them, that I'm going to pass guard with the Marcelo pass, yeah. and that I'm going to look for a five finger or a Dars. There, there's no, there's no like tricks about the whole thing there's nothing hidden there's no ninja moves i don't have i'm not going to practice a de la Hiva. they don't need to work on that right my ankle locks are subpar uh -huh. so the scouting report is out there the the thing about it is how do you stop it right because you know it's coming I, I mean, that's how it coming. was with Habib, right? Yeah. Is that everybody knew what the heck he was going to do but yeah and i i'm not even close to the spectrum of Khabib. I, I, I think the problem is is the way people train. They try to add so many things to their arsenal. You know, like what's the latest? Right. You know, like what did Gordon Ryan do last week? I mean, what did... Uh, he signed up with Fit For You. <laughs> what did Keenan Cornelius do with that lapel? I right. love that. The What's it? Buggy choke? Is that what it's called? Oh, the buggy choke? That's yeah, the everybody choke. loves the buggy choke right oh. now. And they ne like, they're like they so lost in the sauce, they have no idea what their game is. And people think about it like, like what's the latest and greatest. It's right. just like Instagram, you know, like what's going to help me lose weight the fastest? Yeah. Ashwagandha pills, Goalie pills. Yeah. Do you remember when Goalie was big? Yeah. Two years ago, I remember this girl saying, I can eat whatever I want as long as I take a Goalie in the morning. And, you know, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> First, no. Right. So I built up a really good base for what I like to do. I'm, you know, I have a good shot. I have a good sprawl. I have a good pass and I have a couple good chokes and I have, um, when I say I have a couple good chokes is like, I could choke you with these two moves from almost any position. And I think that's where people get lost is they're looking for that ninja move, the, you know, like the, the golden touch, right. you know, like in Kung Fu, they talked about that, you know, mm -hmm. and they're, they're just not hammering out the basics, you know, like you watch. Like, I, I grew up old school a little bit. I mean, when I say old school, I mean, like, 2005. I'm watching, like, Jake Shields and mm -hmm. John Fitch and all those guys. And 
they do the same moves over and over again and they get really good at them i think bruce lee's the one who said fear the man that practices one kick a thousand times a day mm-hmm. you know that that's the, that's the way to go um so going into copa de marianas you know I, I invite those guys to stop it because if somebody stops my guillotine or my five finger or my darts then i have to go back to the drawing board and make it better right. that's exciting Mm-hmm. That when someone traps my hand and I'm not able to get around their neck, or you know, they come up with a, um, a come up with a way to stop my pass. I mean, then I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Now I can grow because otherwise it's just me running the same football play over and over again. Right. Like, you know, I, I bet you it starts to get boring because like, oh, double egg. It's it's binary code, yeah. ones and zeros. So like, oh, they stop my my they stop my shot. Okay, I'm going to set it up a little bit different this time. But, it, yeah, it, it's not that it gets boring. I mean, it's very satisfying doing the same thing over and over again and right. getting the same results. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but it, it's always exciting when someone is able to nullify my game because that means I have to add on to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that, that's the good stuff. Oh, bro. Yeah, I mean, that's in everything too, right? So, like, even in the dieting and, you know, especially working with, I switched over because I started doing, when I first started doing dieting or nutritional planning, it was just for the general person. The right. person that just wanted to lose some weight because hands down it's the easiest. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really, just like I said, correlating to the cheeseburger person, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's really easy to do a generalized person. And then I started getting into bodybuilding diets and that's where it got a little bit more challenging because the type of training, you got to follow their type of training. What kind of drugs are they taking? What time are they waking up? How much hours of sleep are they getting? What food is available to them? Accessible, you know, financially, what can they afford to do? And then working with that. So it got a little bit more complicated. And now I'm, I'm putting more focus into the combat sports side because it's, it's a complete difference, right? And so even working with JJ, it's hard because Sometimes JJ's on a CrossFit fix. Sometimes he's on an MMA fix. Sometimes he's on a strongman fix. Right. Sometimes he just can't keep still. Right. And so the problem with that is as doing his nutrition, sometimes we have to make adjustments for those and be yeah. like, all right, well, you know, if we're trying to do CrossFit style stuff, you're doing a lot of explosive movements and you're doing this two times a day. And so your body needs a certain type of carbohydrate for right. that or a certain type of protein for that, right? And then before that, before his CrossFit, when he was purely focused on MMA, we were giving JJ more fat items. So that calorie allocation was a little bit higher towards the fat because that's what his body was used to, to running off of. He wasn't doing so much high intense movements with lifting weights. It was more body weight movements and fluidity to, to get those repetitions in. So right. that way, um, that's what would dial him in. Back, in the, back, back then when JJ first got on Guam, he would lose weight, just like he was saying, staying within 180, 190 pounds, we would just lose body fat. So his weight would stay there, but his body fat would fluctuate up and down. And so it was time to get ready for a fight. We would just have to reduce down his body fat. Now we started lifting weights and we started seeing him develop muscularly. It was a complete change in allocations of calories towards carbs, more focused towards the carbs. And, and not even more focused towards the protein, right? So a lot of the times, a lot of people are just pushing protein, protein, protein to get developed, and it's not necessarily that. And that's why I kind of like moving on to the, to the combat fitness type of nutrition because of how much more complex it gets, you know? And I'm, I am not the best nutrition out there by far, you know? 
for combat still side, still learning. But that's why I'm I'm in. I, I spent the last year kind of putting more focus in the combat side because it's very interesting, you know. Especially even working with female combats, mm-hmm. you know, having to manage their their monthlies or manage how their body holds on to fat and and making sure that they stay healthy. It's, But yeah, I mean, going back into uh, going back into training. Um, so, what are you gonna say is gonna be the best mode of training for you overall? Then, are you gonna stay, you know, because I know that you're battling yourself right now, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm totally battling myself because you know, like my body wants to do CrossFit so badly. I can't tell you guys enough, like how good I feel when I'm lifting heavy, lifting fast, mm-hmm. running, rowing, skiing, all doing all that stuff. My, my body like is crying because it wants to do all the things that make it hurt but feel so good at the same time. Right. However, I know my soul, my heart, um, I'm supposed to be doing MMA. I, I know that I reach a greater audience with my martial arts, mm-hmm. whether it's jiu-jitsu or the MMA side. Um, I stand on a bigger platform because of the amount of years that I've put in. So I have a good five more years of MMA left in me, I would say. Um, uh, Knock on wood, because I still feel like I'm developing. um, And I haven't felt like I haven't felt like I've gotten old yet. Mm -hmm. So I still got some time left in me. Whereas like the CrossFit side, you know, when I turn 40, I just enter a different division. You know, so it's perfect but but for me i i need to focus more on the mma side um just so that i can be more better prepared when i go into fight camp so i will be dialing back on the uh, crossfit side i'll be lifting specifically to get stronger um and you know more cardio as opposed to like the metabolic conditioning um so i'll be bored for the next few months but uh you know like when it comes to like average people they people always ask what they're what they should be doing you know like should they do mma so they look like me or should they do crossfit so they can look like me and i think the answer is it doesn't matter what you're training because you could take like a let's take like for example a guy on guam uh trevor wolford he he's jacked he trains over at paradise Mm -hmm. always looks phenomenal so you 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 walk into paradise and uh, you know, he'll be doing bicep curl. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm throwing an example yeah. out. He's doing a bicep curl and it looks a little bit different than how everyone else is doing. You know, like he's adding that extra little pinky up as he goes. And so if I'm average Joe, I look at him and I'm like, okay, I need to start doing my bicep curls like that so right. I can get biceps like Trevor. Well, the problem with that is all they're seeing is the one hour he spent in the gym. Mm-hmm. Maybe he spends two. I'm just I'm just saying. Right. All they saw was a snippet of what that guy does, and that's they're gonna base their whole training scheme based on what he did. Mm-hmm. Totally cool to train like him. What they're not seeing is the way that he sleeps, the way his activity for the rest of the day. And what he eats, I'm sure he tracks his macros like no other, right? He's doing the meal prep like you're supposed to. He's eating just the right amount of chicken, broccoli, and white rice or whatever he decides to eat that day. So train however you want to train, but be willing to eat the way you're supposed to eat based on that. So if you want to do a, be a bodybuilder, 
that's fine. But know that you're going to have to eat a certain way. Right. And if you're going to do CrossFit and you want to look like me, you're going to have to eat a specific amount of food in order to feel that stuff. Right. You know, and I'm not hanging I, as much as I love Perisco. I love the coffee there. I'm not eating there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll dabble. I'll dabble with a cold brew with right. a couple of sugar free syrups, uh-huh. but that's about it. I'm not eating the pastries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's balance, right? Balance in everything. But yeah, ultimately what, what is it? What's your goal? What are you trying to look like? Who do you aspire to be like? And then you figure out how they got there, but you need to figure out completely how they got there. Right. Because it's not just like Jay said, it's not just one aspect. It's every single aspect of it. And, mm-hmm. and you got to figure what it is. Right. And not just for the temporary, but for the lifestyle factor of it. Um, and that's kind of why, like, I, I don't know. I, I personally, and this, you know, with no disrespect out there to anybody that does any other type of sport or does any type of other movement or any different type of style of dieting. If it works for you, it works for you. If it makes you happy, it makes you happy. Mm-hmm. It's just when I have clients that come and approach me, it, this is what I would preach. Just like how every other doctor has their own methods of what they believe in. Every mechanic thinks that this is a certain way that it has to be. My, my thinking is that you need to be under a moderately good training program but your nutrition has to be top of the line. Uh, that's that's just how I'm always going to be because it's it's your life, right? And and a lot of people tend to look at one thing. They look at the weight or that number that's on the scale, and that's going to dictate their happiness, disregarding the fact of hey, you know, muscle is heavier than fat. So when you start working out, if your weight goes up, don't necessarily be alarmed because you could be getting rid of that fat and putting on the muscle. Right right or hey don't forget how you feel right so for me when i talk to clients i'm not just trying to satisfy the outer appearance of that clients what i'm trying to do is figure out mentally where they're at where they want to be what have they done and then what's the best way to get them from point a to point b in the safest manner and that's going to make them happy right of course anybody can take somebody and have them drop 15 20 pounds in a couple of weeks just by putting them on a keto diet or cutting out you know quote unquote water weight Right. But for me, it's like, all right, how do we satisfy how you feel internally? That's why with Jay or with all the other athletes, we ask them to go get blood work. You know, what's going on in their blood and how to, you know, how to make sure that they're staying healthy internally. Mm -hmm. Then we start looking at how they feel. You know, how are they moving? You know, and it it changes all the time. Right. Things work in and work out. Like with Jay the other day, he split his workout up and he crashed in the afternoon portion of it. So we got to figure out, like, was that a food thing? Was that a workout thing? Was the body just too tired? And mm-hmm. that's where it gets fun. That's where the complex, you know, the complex ideas start coming into play in my mind where I'm like, all right, how, did, how do I get him to be as optimum as possible for that fight or for whatever competition it is? Right. So for me, I'm, I'm just, I'm not a big proponent for, I'm a big proponent for fitness, but I'm more on on the full aspect of the person, right? So, like, if I have somebody that's just trying to get as strong as possible, but they're eating all the bad foods, yeah, of course you're going to get strong, but you're also putting a lot of pressure on your heart. You're Mm -hmm. putting a lot of pressure on your arteries, which makes it harder for you. I mean, I always tell people to think of your arteries like a hose, right? So, Mm -hmm. blood is flowing through your arteries just like water is flowing through the hose, but if you have a lot of stuff suppressing on that hose... The, the hose has to work a lot harder to get the water through because yeah. it's a shorter, it's a smaller vessel, mm-hmm. right? Just, that makes the heart have to work a little bit harder to pump things through, right. you know, it makes the cardiovascular a lot harder. It has to work a lot harder because the pressure it's putting on the lungs, you know, and that's why, 
you know, just clearing up weight or reducing down body fat sees a big improvement in quality of life, right? right? right. Those, those 3 p.m. drags of throughout the day where you have to get a coffee or a Red Bull or a Monster to pick you up, right? All those things are coming into play because of your health, right, internally. And so that's where, for me, I'm always just going to be addressing the, the full wellness of the athlete, you know, and making sure that kind of people are in line with the right levels of health. And so I, I don't actively push a certain promotion of a workout, but it's more centered around the nutrition aspect. All right. So uh, we've been touching on the health and fitness, uh, the physical aspects of health and fitness. Uh, how do you guys feel about, um, say, mental health or your mental health, your he the healthiness of your mental health if that makes sense like the level of your mental, mental well-being yes, yes mental well-being because well -being. i feel like for men at least there's a stigma it's like oh, yeah you gotta be tough you know kind of no, no emotion you know all macho and stuff so have like if you guys don't have to like go fully in depth if you don't want to like maybe sure. um have you guys been into like maybe have any bouts of like depression. even like meditation or like well, uh, or are like, you talking about the negative side the negative side oh let's talk about the negative oh okay yeah. like just talk about the negative i yeah. mean obviously like my wins and my losses mm -hmm. I, I get i get depression out of both because right. if i win you know i'm like two days i'm on this crazy high yeah and if people aren't responding to that crazy high the same way i am mm -hmm. it's like hey or or think about this I run into hundreds of people at the gym mm -hmm. on a daily yeah, and they don't even say so much as hello to me. Uh -huh. And I, I just won the title in Australia. Right. What, you're not going to even give me a high five. Congratulations. I, it, nothing. Yeah. Zero. Like more like a, like they, they scan their card and walk right by because everybody's living this day to day life where they're at the center of their own universe. Mm -hmm. You know, like my, my win played zero part in their lives right. you know not like where it's like ryan you know like one of his clients just won you know one of his friends just won so it's a different stimulus that he gets from one of my wins right yeah this is just a prime example mm -hmm. you know like but nobody cares yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean and there, there's nothing wrong with that i'm not saying that what i'm saying is internally this is how i take it mm -hmm. this is the stimulus i get from someone walking right by me because we're all egocentric right we all have this uh ego on our shoulders whether we like it or not mm -hmm. we want to be like what, what is the golden rule treat others like you want to be treated so like but the problem is it doesn't really work out that way no, it's, it's not Especially it's, in the sports and fitness and sports, <laughs> you know, like nobody's excited as I am when I win, uh -huh. you know, and then like different people that I'm close to, you know, like the way that they respond to it is different than I responded and so on. And the trickle effect when you get to average gym member mm -hmm. at, at our place, even though they, they pay, pay my bills, right. you know, like they're not, they're not giving me the same stimulus that. I almost, I, I crave, mm -hmm. you know, so that's like something I have to tell myself, like, it's okay. They don't care. They're, they're, they're going, they're doing them. They're, uh -huh. they're fighting their own daily battles. Right. So that's how I feel after a win. Now imagine how I feel after a loss. 
it's just like night and day different. Now I'm down in the dumps mm-hmm. and I have to figure out how to pull myself out of it. And I have hundreds of people around me that have no idea what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. They, you know, like, yes, they too feel depression at times, but they don't know. They don't know what I'm feeling unless mm-hmm. I say it out loud. Right. I mean, I'll go through bouts of, all right, guys, I'm going to go home and I'm going to shut my door. I don't want to be bothered for eight hours. Mm-hmm. That's how I pick myself up. I have to process all the information. Like, it's okay. The sun's still going to rise. My daughters are gonna, still going to hug me. They're still going to call me daddy. Yep. My wife's going to love me regardless. Uh-huh. Those are the things that I use. Those are the tools. Yeah, but also took you about how many fights to get to that level, right? So I, I could just only imagine. And, you know, we're blessed. We live really nice lives that we're, you know... I could only imagine how it is for certain people where fighting is their all, their everything yeah. that, and it's everything on the line. And if they don't fight, how much, how, how worthless they would feel. I mean, that yeah. would, that would suck. Yeah. Right. I get, and I guess it's just, you know, putting yourself and surrounding yourself by the right people and putting yourself in right positions so that when you are down, there are people there that you automatically know that will, will flock to pick you up or you have a good support system. And I think that's going to be the most key factor into playing into negativity mm. and it's it's finding those people that have balance right like you you have those friends where you know like if you're pissed off about something you know if you go to this person they're gonna help get you pissed off even more <laughs> and then you have those people where you come to me yeah <laughs> and then you have those people where you know you're gonna vent to that person because you know that they're gonna turn around and give you that positive positivity to get mm. you out of that negative that, that's so true i mean because like whoever it is you go to, you know, you're going to get a response to them, Mm -hmm. you know? So like, for instance, if I'm down in the dumps, I don't go to my wife and talk about it. Mm -hmm. She has no idea. She's not my therapist. Mm -hmm. I need to go to somebody that will actually talk or, or listen Mm -hmm. well, you know? Uh, so, you know, like I'll, I'll bounce things off of Brian. I'll bounce things off of Jeff. Actually, I take it back. I won't bounce things. Jeff likes to talk about himself. So <laughs> I can't talk to Jeff. Jeff talks about, Jeff should be here, he'll, he'll use, he'll use an example from his life. And I'll be like, Jeff, that has no Shut information. Up, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Hey, I just lost. But I know saying, Nova you know, didn't eat the rice crackers. <laughs> oh, shit. Shit is outside the door. Like, who you go to is huge. I mean, because, like, there's going to be a guy or girl that you tell them you're having a bad day, and the answer will be, oh, well, let's go to the bar. Let's, have, let's throw back a couple. Right. You know, so it's like a toxic situation made even more toxic with more toxic behavior, you know, like you're climbing into a bottle instead of, you know, like processing the information, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're sad, it has to be processed when it's mad, when you're mad, all of the, all of these things need to be processed one way or the other. And when, when we say get over it, like, you know, when our parents, I I know my dad said it to me a hundred times, it's just a girl, you'll get over it. Right. Well, what are the steps? Yeah. And that's the process. That that's what that's the key. Should, that's the uh-huh. key. The process. Processing the information. Yeah. What I mean, we talk about like the seven steps or whatever. You know, they talk about what is the AA that has the seven steps? I think it's twelve steps. Oh, I'm is thinking about twelve steps. I, I have no idea. But I'm just effective. saying there are okay. steps that you have to go through to get past sadness, mm-hmm. anger, remorse, all of it. Right. You have to go through those steps and. You know, just like I like with the win, I have to go through the steps to get back to normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to go through the steps to get back from a loss. It's the same thing. 
that's why the process is so much more important just like dieting right? right the lifestyle aspect of it because you could have those temporary you know i want to get to this party weight i mean shit my mom just texted me because we have a wedding in november she's like yo i need to lose 12 pounds and i was like see if we started this as a lifestyle I wouldn't have this issue right right but we wait to the end of the time and then you start hitting it and you don't learn Whoa. the processes mm-hmm. and that's what i tell people all the time is you gotta learn the you gotta learn the reason being right and that's why with me and my 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 businesses I don't hide secrets about how I do the diet. Like people, just like how everybody knows JJ is going to go for these certain moves. Right. I share all the information with my clients. It's, because- cra- it's insane because all the meal prep information that you could possibly want is right on the internet. They have all so there. much data yeah. out there on how to meal prep, but no one's willing to do it. it yeah. I mean, it's not laziness because... Listen, I went to elementary school for nutrition. Mm-hmm. Ryan went to college. He went to university and got a degree. Wow. So there's levels to this. Like mm-hmm. he yeah. can make my nutrition better. So mm-hmm. therefore I'm going to go to that guy. Yeah. Average Joe or Jane hasn't even been to like kindergarten yet. They don't know the ABCs. Right. So, okay, well you got a degree in this. So let's go ahead and uh, have you program my nutrition for me. Right. All the information is there. Yeah. But it's, yeah. Going back to the whole, um, you know, having the certain people around you to support you and pick you up. Can we just tap into tap into the places that you've been as far as training? Like, where have you found the most? Because I know you've been to different gyms, right? Different MMA gyms, different bodybuilding gyms, different whatever gyms like. Oh, I mean, the community is so important. I mean, we're not even talking about the five people you surround yourself with. No. I'm talking about community. Because if your community is walking around shirtless, you know, six pack abs and we're talking about like, oh hey, let's go over to um the I don't know, a random shake shop. Let's mm-hmm. get a protein shake. Yeah. And then later on let's play board games at seven o'clock. Oh, but not till not but we have to make sure that we're done by nine because we have to get up and train the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine your lifestyle, how it's gonna if I walk yeah. in, I'm out of shape, you know, and I'm like holy shit, this is what I've always been looking for. This is how I need to surround myself with like-minded individuals. I want to be on their level. Mm -hmm. That's not even the five people you surround yourself with. That's just the community that is around you. But if you walk into a gym, we're doing or we're doing heavy deadlifts today. We're going to do a short Metcon. And after that, we're going to go to the X bar bar. I'm not going to name drop because Guam is really hot about that. Yeah. And I, I will get red flags out the gate. But yeah, we're going to get some uh, craft beer after. Like, what? <laughs> you're going to do, you're going to like ruin this hour that you spent trying to make yourself better mm-hmm. by smashing beers right after. Yeah. But okay, so this is where the, the, the talk will get a little bit more interesting because Jay and I disagree yes. on the levels of this, okay. right? Yes. So JJ is more of the gung-ho he might be 34 years old but he lives a 70 year old lifestyle right which is completely fine and that's what okay let's clarify the 70 year old because the motherfucker goes to sleep at like 7 a.m 7 p.m old that wants to live forever yeah yes yes not the 70 year old that's still smoking yeah no 100 (laughs) i I just think it's extremes 70 year old extremes right jj is extreme in that level which is great right is Completely understand it, right? I just think that it 
for regular people or other people. Actually, yeah. not even that doesn't have to be regular people. It could be people that are still want to live as long as possible. That I still believe that there's a mental emotional balanced aspect to it as okay. well, right? Uh, so like. I don't, Jay, when's the last time you went to a party? I I see exactly what you mean. I understand there is a social aspect to the drinking um, and sharing a specific meal. Um, It goes back to the caveman times when there was a fire and we're all cold. Mm -hmm. So we huddle around the fire to get warm. I completely understand the need for that. However, I'm going to start my own fire over here. You guys enjoy your fire. Yeah. Uh, but no, I get it. I people need to be social. They need to feel like they belong. Uh, and, no, but even and, with and, alcohol, and there, there's a balance. What's What's your take on alcohol? If uh, If a, If a okay. person, see, L- okay. Here's the thing, though, with alcohol, I am not 100 percent against it. Okay. I am against it if you are pursuing something where it would have a detrimental effect on you. Pursuing something meaning athletic endeavors, mm-hmm. whether you are a world-class marathon runner or a world-class basketball player, then I don't think you should be drinking on the weekends. I don't think you should have a beer. I think that's a terrible idea. Unless unless you're world-class, unless you are the top 0.001%, right. then then you can justify that. But if you're not, I'm, I'm a, I'm going to go opposite of that though. If you're not the best, I'm going you opposite should of that. not be. If you are the best, then I think that's why you have to do that. You have to stay completely away from it versus the person that might be aspiring to potentially get up there, but that's not their main Don't thing. Don't get me wrong. You know, I know what you're saying, right? I, I'm not saying that the person at the best, like if you're trying to be the best, you're not drinking beer, right? You are the best in the world. You are not drinking beer. You're not eating this. You're not eating that. You are eating this Mm -hmm. only, Mm -hmm. this amount of calories because you're so dialed in. One of my favorite stories, when I was growing up, Allen Iverson was a really good basketball player. He had the and one shoes. He was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And he did all the tricks. He was small. He was undersized, but he... He did all these finesse moves, and mm-hmm. he was better than everybody. Yep. Kobe Bryant, him and uh, him and Allen Iverson are playing against each other. I, I don't know who won the game. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant they go out to dinner. Kobe Bryant drops him off. He's about to, he pulls up to the his hotel, and he says, "Hey man, what are you about to do?" Allen Iverson says, "I'm gonna go to the club. What are you mm-hmm. gonna do?" And he's like, "I'm gonna go to the gym." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I heard that's yeah. the best player in the world yeah. still going to the gym after a game he was chasing excellence he was trying to set himself apart from everybody else because he knows the pain of defeat over and over again so he's trying to avoid that at all costs right. so that's where I'm at when it comes to alcohol I want to be like Kobe I don't want to be like Allen Iverson mm-hmm. I'm not as talented as Allen Iverson I want to. I I want to aspire to be a guy like Kobe. Well, there's nothing wrong with people that want to be like Allen. No, there's nothing wrong. Allen Iverson is a world class basketball player in his day. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I'm not as talented as Allen Iverson, so I'm gonna do everything that I possibly can to get to that level. Right. And 
me drinking a beer takes me away from that level. Yeah, it takes yeah. me away from what I am pursuing. Yeah, understandable, yeah. I can see both, both sides. Right. Totally. So, I mean, for average Joe, you're just, you're just trying to be a little bit healthier, a little bit fitter when you walk into the gym. Cool. Have your beer. If that makes you feel better, fine. Right. Don't have five beers. Yeah. There's got to be a limit. There's got to be some kind of balance. Exactly. Balance. Balance. That's what I, that's why I'm always pushing is just the balance aspect. Right. right. I mean, for extreme athletes like JJ or anybody else who I pick up, I have this one kid that's competing in a, in a men's physique competition. Mm -hmm. And for the past six months, there's been yeah no cigarettes, no marijuana, no alcohol, no beer, nothing at all. Because getting in preparation for that exact competition. Now, after he's done, then he wants to have a beer or two or a glass of wine by all means, right? But the reason being that he's not going to be doing that because of the competition. But for me, what my belief is, is if you're just trying to do this lifestyle and trying to, you know, you're trying to be the best that you can be, but you're not competing in something super big time and you're just trying to go about your normal life, you have a regular day job, you know, I feel like, you know, having a glass of wine or two or having a beer or two is, is I guess, would be okay. You know, I would venture to say even a glass of wine or one beer a day is pretty okay. But that's if you're not really pushing for anything, you know, no big enhancement in your life. And you're right. just kind of satisfied with where you are. You know, I mean, I see it all the time. I, I have clients that Monday to Friday, they're eating proper. They lose weight. Saturday, Sunday comes around. They fuck that all up. Yeah. And then they just, I mean... You know, it just, and that's the reason why they keep coming back is because no. that two days is very detrimental and to that five. I think that the 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 problem is a lot of times you'll see like not just healthy people or fit people or world class athletes or entrepreneurs like the debate like with the, the Diaz brothers for instance or hmm. any good grapplers that smoke weed they're like well he smokes weed so I can smoke weed mm. too like it goes with that like your favorite athlete does this Michael Phelps eats a box of uh, frosted flakes every single day so I should be able to eat that too frosted flakes are great for you well yeah. see the, the these are like the anomalies yeah. i like to call them anomalies in the sense like they are the 0. 0.00001 percent yeah. they are one in three billion you know like there's only one of them in the world and and that's the issue like people will skip like the stuff that makes them them the hard work the yeah. dedication yeah. The, the proper diet. everybody wants a pill yeah, everybody wants the pill. So they see those things. Like Rich Froning, for example, I, I look up to that guy a ton. He used to drink, like I want to say, like a gallon of milk a day. Jesus. You know, like, and he doesn't take That's recovery expensive. days. Well, us mere mortals, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> I, after three days of hard training, I run myself into the ground. Mm -hmm. So I'm more like two and a half days of hard yeah. training followed by a full day of recovery. I need that. Otherwise, I do not feel well anymore. I am not rich fronting. And those are the things that I have to tell myself. You know, I am not so-and-so. I'm not Matt Frazier. I am not George St. Pierre. Right. You know, I have to tell myself that so that I don't fall into that trap of if I just take these goalie gummies, I'll be the best athlete in the world. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. So everybody wants a shortcut to whatever. Of course. Their goal is. Of course. We all do. But yeah. so I was t- I was talking about this with some of my athletes the other day, where there is a clear cut path to the top of the mountain. It is so clear. It's treacherous as all hell, but it's clear cut. It's mm-hmm. eating properly, going to sleep early at night, training consistently training smartly because you know i mean you can go to the gym every day consistently and not do the right things yeah we all know that and it's the the rest of your day what are you doing with the rest of your day are you foam rolling are you doing like a rom wad stretch protein like a protocol Mm -hmm. so that's the clear-cut path to success and the 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 problem is people will be like, well, so-and-so did this to get to the top of the mountain, so I'm going to go over here. It's not well-tread, and I'm going to work out two days a week, and I'm going to eat 80% good food, 20% bad. Right. So they try to follow this other path when the clear-cut path is it's not the easiest, but it's super simple. Yep. Right. Right? And that's, that's the thing that people don't like. It's super hard. But it's also really, really simple. Yeah. People want the complex, but easy. Yeah. And it's just never gonna work that way. You're never gonna end up where you want to go. The guy on the top of the podium probably followed that really simple path of yeah. working hard, and the other 23 hours of his day outside of the gym are spent very specifically towards his goals. Mm-hmm. Oh God. I mean, bro, there's so many times where I'll have people they'll be like. Okay, Ryan, hey, so for my lunch meal, I know it's about 600 calories and it's inclusive of this. I do this and I do this and uh, this much carbs, this much protein, this much fat, and it's chicken and brown rice and spinach. Um, But instead, could I just maybe have a um, this with an ice cream, you know, so or can I skip this meal and do an ice cream and and it's still fitting in my macros and do this? And it's like, you know, and and one side, I'm like, yeah, okay, it makes a little bit of sense, you know. you know, and this is just a regular person, right? So yes, yes, it makes a little bit of sense for a regular person that if we want to change things up to do a little one-off for your emotions, okay, of course, not a problem. But for just like you said, you want that clear-cut path. It's just really simple. You eat the same stuff. You make it as as strict, and it works out for you as the best possible. You follow the diet train, uh, the, the nutrition training, a nutrition regimen. You follow follow the fitness training. And it'll get you from point A to point B the fastest way. Oh, I mean, that that's like dead on the money, though. I mean, like, but with average Joe, I guess it kind of makes sense with the whole balance thing because it fits their lifestyle. But I mean, so like, do you get upset when you, when you hear something like that? Like, yeah, of course. This ice cream bar has similar macros to yeah. what you program for me. Is this okay? Is that does that bother you or is that part of your kind of regiment i guess it depends on who right so if it's not, not an athlete regular person if it's a regular person the only reason why it bothers me is because they're they're finding ways to cheat their system versus you know when i have a regular person coming to me to make a change you're trying to make a change right so if you're coming to me and you want to get better in your nutrition you want to look better you want to feel better then, you know, why don't we just try sticking with the proper diet? I mean, it's still fun food. It's still, they're still eating, you know, rotini with some ground turkey and some spinach. It's still a great meal. They're still eating brown rice with this and with that, you know, and, and, and they're still getting those flavors. So once they start, 
once they take something that's easy and they start making it more complicated, of course, it's going to irritate me because it's like, why, why do we need to change the system? It, it works out. It's going to get you to where you need to be at. Once you start making these maneuvers, then that's when you kind of get off track. That's, yeah. that's where I start getting frustrated because because nothing is a one for one. Yeah, you're creating a bad habit. You're yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, because it, 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 that one ice cream leads to other stuff. Well, they're going to be thinking like, okay, so for the like, next why don't five I days, five ice cream yeah, bars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, all right, yeah, I'm not going to yeah, eat yeah. my chicken, yeah. rice, and broccoli. I'm just going to eat an ice cream for dinner every right. night, and it's fine. It's like, no, right. it's, it's not. The yeah, same. you're creating a habit. Yeah. I see. 500 calories in a complete wholesome meal is not the same thing for your body as 500 calories in, in ice cream. You know, right? We, and that and that's the biggest thing. And that's you know one of the biggest thing problems that I have with a lot of you know influencers, especially on Guam, when they t- start talking about nutrition, is like. Hey man, you know, one, what's your, what's your credentials to be telling the whole world like you can eat this and that, you know, and and what makes you think, you know, because a lot of influencers, especially on Guam, how small Guam is, the influencers have such big power, right? And that's why I tend to flock to people like JJ, where they're like, they're preaching the stuff that I am in line with yeah, because it it works with me and what I believe in, you know, and like I said, some people have different ways of thinking and some people think that this type of diet or this type of training or this type of eating is going to be beneficial. But I, I'm very firm in my belief. Right. And so like I take offense when you have people online or on Instagram saying, yeah, you can have this and do this and do that. It's like, all right, yeah. Okay. You can lift 5,000 pounds, but you're going to die by the time you're 50 or you're, you're diabetic right now, but Hey, don't worry that you're diabetic. You're strong as fuck. Like, no, no, hell no. Don't you, you know, don't you want that? Wouldn't you want your client to live a healthy life? You have the kids, you have, you know, your family. What, what, what are you doing? Why are you preaching to this person? No, it's, it's okay that you're eating this and you look this way because you're strong. I, I, I'm firmly against that, you know, I, and nothing against strong people nothing Aww. against that. I'm just, I'm the type of person that for my clients of where I'm at in my business, in my life. I want them to live a healthy, complete life. And then if they can lift 500 pounds doing so, man, good on you. But I'm going to start fresh. You know, when I pick up new clients for personal training, I don't just say, okay, well, it looks like you're strong in the legs. We're going to be doing squats to this whole program so I can show this. No, I'm going to pick their weak spots. And that's also inclusive of dieting, right? Like, yeah, all right, you can do this. But just like with JJ, he can lift his 90% in a longer period of time than some other people are lifting their 90% because of, of his body structure and what he's trained his body to be like and what he's done, you know, in his dieting, right. And his lifestyle choices. And that's kind of where I'm, I'm at in promoting health, right? Like, you know, yeah, we can lift all of this, but what good does it do if you're not going to live to see your kids, you know, grow up? Right. That's where yeah, I'm Yeah, I, I mean, like I, I think everybody that walks into the gym is an athlete. So I, I think there's a lot of stigma like behind the word athlete. People think it's a specific thing. Like you probably pictured football player or a track star yeah. in your head. You did just now, right? Yeah. When I said athlete, uh-huh. it's, that's not true. Anybody that can run, swim, jump, pull, push, etc. you know, that's an athlete. Now, when you insert the word professional mm. athlete, meaning I compete in some kind of endeavor. Right then it changes like how you should look at them. Mm-hmm. They're so, grading. Yeah. Yeah. You should now, be held to a higher now, standard. Now you're graded yes. because average athlete person that walks into the gym, whether she's 70 or he's 20, mm-hmm. 
that's they're an athlete. They walk into the gym. Yeah. I'm not I'm not judging them based on anything else. I yeah. I'm I'm just happy when they come to class and they they work hard during the class. Their numbers, whatever, you know, if they can't lift X amount of weight, that's okay. We'll get it next time. Right. Now, the second you add professional, it changes things. Now I'm judging you. Yep. So what Ryan was talking about with being able to deadlift five thousand pounds or something obnoxious out right. there well i did three that, thousand that, that's game, okay so. <laughs> so if whatever they're doing is conducive to their sport for uh-huh. instance i don't think anybody's gonna go out there and say in order to live a longer life i'm gonna be a sumo wrestler mm-hmm. <laughs> like no no you're not we understand that but yeah. if you're going for yokozuna in japan then all right i guess you have to eat 20 bowls of rice every meal right that yeah. makes sense mm-hmm. yeah okay you're doing that for your sport your health is not as important as your athletic endeavors. I get that. The same thing with MMA. It is worse probably than sumo wrestling. Right. MMA is a terrible sport for your overall health. Yep. Maybe the fitness training, the fitness side, you know, cardiovascularly, it's good for you. Mm-hmm. But as far as uh, your CT scans, your you know, beating like, your body up. <laughs> yeah, you're just, you're beating your body up in addition to the brain damage and the brain hemorrhaging that happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, there hasn't been as many deaths as there has been in football, but what I'm saying is athletic endeavors are completely different than what average Joe should be doing. Like health should be at the paramount of what you're trying to do versus athleticism. It's the opposite. You're flipping that pyramid upside down, whatever will make you a better athlete is what you should be pursuing and that doesn't doesn't always go in line with health health yeah uh, i look at bodybuilders how many bodybuilders are dying oh at God. young yeah. ages 30 years old they're dying because you know they're putting the drugs their bodies. And, yeah well yeah, yeah of course you know, i mean like not in addition to the drugs like the diet like they yeah. don't always eat properly i mean oh bro you so much food right they have to eat so much food to make their the body frame is not meant to hold on to that much muscle mm-hmm. But they have to keep forcing their body to eat. I mean, it's just like how they force ducks to eat so that way they can have good foie gras, right? right. In their liver. It's the yeah. same concept as what we're doing. These type of things that, you know, the more extreme you get into that quote-unquote athleticism, yeah, most often than not, it's, it's very detrimental to your overall health, right? I mean, some of the healthiest people don't even look like what the standard person would call healthy, Right. A lot of them don't even have huge muscle definitions, but they're right. still a lot healthier. Yeah. You know, it's just how, just how it is. Yeah. Right. Well, we're kind of running, you know, short on the time now. We've been yeah, doing better, this. For, you better cut this uh, thing into um, two. This might be a part one, part two. <laughs>